Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. This is Rob Spee, your host and founder of Channel Journeys, and this is episode 51. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks to all of you who have shared Channel Journeys with your friends and colleagues. And I want to give a big shout out to my sponsor, the Channel Institute, where Mike Kelly and his team are on a mission to turn the channel into a profession. The Channel Institute, they provide training and certificates in channel management, channel sales, and several courses on channel marketing. If you are looking to expand your resume and take your channel career to the next level, now is really an excellent time to sign up and take the online channel certifications from the Channel Institute. And I will be sharing a special offer for you at the end of today's show. My guest today is Joseph Landis. Joseph spent 23 years working on Microsoft's Azure team and is now the chief revenue officer at Nerdio, a Chicago-based startup that's helping MSPs create successful cloud practices in Microsoft Azure. I recorded this episode back in the end of March when we were still waiting to hit the peak in COVID cases. Now, fortunately for many of us, including Joseph, we live in states or countries that are on the back end and seeing a decline in the number of cases. And we're starting to see some businesses get started and they're opening up again, which is great. The big question we all have, though, is will people go back to work? Will they go back to the stores, back to the restaurants, back to buying technology and services fast enough? Jay McBain, channel analyst at Forrester and a a two-time guest on this show, he recently wrote a blog where he said that some 25% of the 150,000 channel partners in the U.S. will experience unrecoverable financial distress. That's a huge number and not something that any of us want to see. As vendors, we need to look at ways that we can help our partners, and that's really the focus of today's podcast. You're going to hear Joseph and I talk about the biggest pain points, the challenges that MSPs face in moving their infrastructure to the cloud and how Nerdio is helping them address those pain points. There are a lot of great pointers here that any SaaS or anything as a service vendor can use to enable and grow their MSP channel. So let's get to it. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, Joseph, good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. It is great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Ah, you're welcome. Great to have you on the show. So where are we finding you? What, what bunker are you hunkered down in? I'm hunkered down in Staten Island, New York with my wife and kids. With the whole family. Great. So yeah, this new climate that we're in, we're all hunkered down at our homes and, and making do. You're not from Staten Island originally, are you? I'm not. I'm originally from Chicago. And in fact, that's where our company Nerdio is based in Skokie, Illinois. But I am here in Staten Island, have been here for the past four weeks, and it's a tough situation in New York right now. But, you know, hopefully people are staying safe and doing the best they can to get through this. What's the climate like on Staten Island? It's pretty uh, quiet right now. You don't see too many cars going by. You don't see too many people walking around. But certainly there's some amount of trepidation, I'd imagine. And people are just uh, in their houses doing their thing, from what I could tell. Yeah. Well, you know, my my goal with the podcast right now is just 
let's just keep it rolling. And, and we've got business to do still. We're all making plans for how to adjust for today, but also for the future. So I want to keep the content rolling. So I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Happy to do it. I've been looking forward to being on your podcast for a while. Excellent. So first off, you're the CRO of Nerdio. For our podcast guests, let's fill them in on, on who is Nerdio. What do you guys do? So our mission at Nerdio is to empower MSPs to build successful cloud practices in Microsoft Azure. And we've been at it for a number of years now, really trying to help MSPs understand that the cloud isn't this thing in the future, it's actually the here and now. And quite frankly, I think in this environment that we're living in now, I've talked to many, many, many MSPs over the past month that, that wish that they had actually made the move to cloud much earlier because yeah. they would have had access to their customers, easier access to their customers, unlimited capacity and things that really the cloud can offer that on-premises solutions can't offer at all. So that's really what we're all about and, and really demystifying Microsoft Azure for MSPs. So you're 100% focused on Azure. We are. And helping MSPs to, to leverage that in their business models. Absolutely. So any MSP that's looking to build a cloud practice in Azure, we feel as if we are the definitive Azure solution for the MSP channel. Gotcha. Do you help any other vendors that uh, have Azure as part of their solution portfolio? So we certainly work with a broad range of partners in the ecosystem. So when you think about the MSP ecosystem, of course, many MSPs purchase their cloud services from distributors. So we've got right. a great relationship, for example, with Pax8, with Ingram Micro, with TechData, with SureWeb, with DNH, many in the US, many outside the US, because we know that the MSP will go to different places to help their cloud practice accelerate. And we want to be right there with these partners who are enabling the ecosystem to be successful. What kind of software offering do you have? Do you have a SaaS offering or is it more services? We are. We are a 100% SaaS company. We actually don't aspire to be a services company at all. Okay. Uh, we're a software company. We love being a software company. We love coming into work every day and building amazing software for many millions of partners and, and customers to use. So our flagship product is Nerdio for Azure. And with Nerdio for Azure, we've made investments in four primary areas that empower MSPs to build a cloud practice in Azure. The first is deployment. So with our tool, an MSP can get their Azure subscription from either Microsoft or their cloud distributor, plug okay. it into our tool, and within two hours, their entire Azure environment for their customer is automatically built for them. So it saves them a lot of time and a lot of heartache of having to do it themselves. Right. Second investment area we've made is in pricing and packaging. One of the biggest issues MSPs have is really deeply understanding the true cost of purchasing Azure. So with our Nerdio cost estimator, we make it super easy to understand on a per user per month base what it will cost to move their customer to Azure. The third investment we've made is in management. So we know that once Azure is deployed, that's when the real work starts. And the MSP with their help desk, with their knock has to manage their customers and respond to daily, hourly, minute-by-minute -minute requests. So we make it easy with our patented three-click management software. And finally, our fourth investment area is optimization. So we have built-in auto-scaling technology that allows the MSP to automatically scale down the Azure resources when they're not being used, and then scale them up again before they need to be used to save their customer money 
on not having Azure resources spin when they don't have to. So that's really what Nerdio for Azure is all about. And uh, we're super excited to keep working with MSPs to help them be successful in the cloud. Interesting. So you've got a two-tier distribution model. You're going through these distributors. And can your MSPs only buy through the distributor or can they also purchase directly from you? They can purchase directly from us. You know, quite frankly, we would love everyone to go through the cloud distributors that we have relationships with. We love those relationships and they're they're really um, the foundation, I would say, of our company. But we know that there are some partners that for whatever reason may not have a relationship with one of the distributors that we partner with. So we do offer the opportunity to buy Nerdio for Azure directly from Nerdio. Gotcha. Okay. And you and I had chatted before this call and we were talking a little bit about some of the common pain points or challenges that the MSPs face. And and I think that'd be really interesting to dive into for our listeners who are also working with MSPs or who aspire to work with MSPs to help them better understand that channel itself, the MSP channel. Yeah. So there's really three, I would say, pain points or challenges that MSPs have when considering building a cloud practice in Azure and starting to move their clients to Azure. The first is that the typical MSP does not necessarily have any people in their organization who know how to architect and manage cloud solution in Azure. So as a, as a result, they have two choices. They can either go outside their company to hire someone with those skills, or they could retrain their existing staff. And either of those two choices presents an expense to their business. So the whole expense of moving to Azure, of the sort of the labor costs and acquiring that knowledge is a real challenge. I want to dive into that first challenge a little bit further. Yes. So this this people challenge and the cost of people and finding people, that's a big one that partners of all stripes face, I think. So what's the solution there? What are you advising or does your does your solution itself help solve that? Or are you helping the MSPs to solve that in other ways? It, it does. And that's really why we built our solution, because typically... Uh, an MSP who wants to move to Microsoft Azure would have to, number one, acquire the skills for their business, right? They'd have to have someone that knows how to do it. Maybe they're Azure certified by Microsoft. And then they'd probably spend a couple of weeks taking their customer into Azure. We believe in the power of automation. So automation is built into our product in a very deep and thorough way. So by using the power of automation, you could stand up a customer in two hours as opposed to two weeks. And that's really where, as an MSP, you may not now need to invest in hiring a level three engineer, level two engineer who might cost a lot of money. You can use automation to really save a bunch of money and save a bunch of time on deploying and managing Microsoft Azure. So a key there is if you're looking to be successful in MSP, look at how your solution automates or reduces the amount of effort labor required by that MSP. That's that right. You know, not just on the deployment side, but even the ongoing management side. You know, yeah. here, I'll give you a I'll give you a great scenario. So, how many MSPs have faced this solution at at four forty five on Friday afternoon? Their customer calls them and says, uh, "Hey, great news! Liz is starting on Monday morning as our new chief marketing officer, and I need you to get her desktop up and running so she's ready to start Monday morning." And you, as the MSP, are probably saying to yourself, well, why are you calling me on Friday at 4.45 p.m.? Like, you didn't know that this was coming earlier? And then the MSP will take out this piece of paper where they have 25 tasks that they need to accomplish, you know, uh, assigning an Office 365 license, adding 
Liz to Active Directory, all these different tasks. Well, with automation, with Nerdio for Azure, we can help you accomplish that task in two minutes and not the typical two to three hours that it would take. So you're saving a bunch of money on the help desk. You're saving a bunch of money on the engineering side. And that's real money that you can repurpose to other parts of your business. Now, on the people side, they, they will need people to help explain this proposition to their end customers or not. Are they, are they having to do some selling for you? Or is it really once they're using their solution, they're not, that's almost kind of behind the scenes and they're not presenting it to their end customer? Great question. So if you think about Nerdio for Azure, Nerdio for Azure was really designed to empower the partner themselves, to empower the MSP to be successful. It's not really a customer facing tool in most regards. So the the convincing that needs to happen by the MSP sometimes is convincing the customer that now it's time to fully move to the cloud. And it shouldn't be as hard as we think because most customers, most small and medium businesses that MSPs are managing the IT for have actually already moved to the cloud with Office 365, with Microsoft 365. So they are there from a SaaS perspective. Now the question is, it's time to move your infrastructure to the cloud. And some customers will push back. There are some customers who say, wow, I really like coming into my office and looking at my server every day. And uh, that really is uh, kind of an, uh, it's, a, it's a thing. I mean, people say that, but it's starting to get to be more of an antiquated idea. And I think most people certainly over the past month are not saying that as much as they used to, right? So I think the convincing, if you will, has to do with explaining to the customer the value proposition of public cloud more than anything else. Okay, excellent. So that's the first challenge is people, which we solve through automation. What's, yep. what's the second one? The, the second challenge is just the complicated nature of doing something that you've never done before. So many MSPs have sort of intellectually realized that public cloud is the right thing. So then they'll go to the Microsoft Azure portal and they'll, they'll start fiddling around and, and trying to figure out like what's a virtual machine, what's a resource, what's a resource group, what's a subscription, and they very quickly get overwhelmed. And they say, wow, this is way too complicated for me. So I'm just gonna kick that can down the road and stay on premises till I'm absolutely forced to do it. And that's a challenge we hear a lot. And really when you think about Nerdio, that's a big, big role of Nerdio for Azure, both from a technology standpoint, and also we feel a huge responsibility to the ecosystem to help educate the ecosystem on how to do it. If you go to our website to get nerdio.com, you'll see something called the Nerdio Academy. And we have, you know, probably, I don't know, five to 600 articles, videos, blogs that take the MSP through the entire process of building a successful cloud practice in Azure. Everything from how to make money selling Azure to the most common or simple task you would accomplish in Azure to the most technical task that your engineers would need to do. So helping MSPs get over that idea of this is too complicated for me is a big part of the Nerdio value proposition. You found a lot of other creative ways to educate the MSPs that you were telling me about. You're, you're really visible in teaching Azure in, in a number of different ways, right? I think so. You know, we really buy into the whole Jay McBain at Forrester's notion of, you know, being great channel influencers, being great participants in the channel. So when we look at kind of the MSP channel map and where MSPs go to get information, we feel like the best way for us to get in front of MSPs is to go to where they are. And that could be big trade shows. It could be podcasts like yours. It could be 
webinars, through PR, through peer groups. And I think that's how we've become the definitive solution for MSPs when it comes to Azure, because we're there. And MSPs know that they could count on us to be there with them, to teach them, not just once, but to do it on an ongoing basis. When did you start that kind of education, the academy and being you know, at these different events and those types of things? Yeah, I think it's fair to say we started it with a lot of rigor on January 1st, 2019. Uh, that was, you know, I came to the company November 1st, 2018, after 23 years at Microsoft. I took uh, a few months to sort of uh, follow the advice of my former CEO, Satya Nadella, and be a learn-it-all person instead of a know-it-all person. So I spent really the first two months talking to the people at Nerdio, talking to hundreds of MSPs to really understand where we at Nerdio could add value. And mm-hmm. come January 1st, I was on a plane already out to visit my first partner in Las Vegas, and we had a full slate of events and interactions in 2019. I actually have a talk that I give called Demystifying Azure for MSPs. And I think I calculated that I gave that talk something like 197 times in 2019 and the beginning of 2020 till we sort of got sidelined with in-person events. We've now been doing it as webinars and on other discussion forums. So again, we feel a big responsibility to the channel to do that. And I think we have a, a topic that is quite timely now for MSPs. And we're really being asked to spend a lot of time with MSPs teaching them how to do this. Interesting. So you're the CRO, Chief Revenue Officer, but you're playing a very big evangelist role, uh, an education role. I am. I had this great job when I was at Microsoft. I was actually the Chief Evangelist of Microsoft India. So I lived in Ah. India for three and a half years. And my job and my team's job, we we had about 60 people on my team. And our job was to go around India and evangelize Microsoft solutions to IT professionals, developers, students, and startups. And It was by far the most fun job I had at Microsoft because I was talking to people and explaining concepts to them every day. And I I view my role as chief revenue officer as chief evangelist for the company. And actually, I was was saying to other folks at Nerdio, I actually think it's everybody's job at Nerdio to be their own sort of chief evangelist. I think any time you encounter a partner, a customer, you are their evangelist at that moment. That's why you see me every day wearing a Nerdio shirt. I don't go anywhere. Well, I'm actually not going anywhere now, but I hardly go anywhere without a Nerdio shirt on because I want people to come up to me and ask me, well, that's a very interesting name, Nerdio. What's that all about? And then I could kind of launch into the pitch. And that's how you get people excited. That's how you get people motivated and energized by being an evangelist. Who's the CEO of, of T-Mobile, or maybe he's former now, who he was a massive evangelist, you know. Yeah, John, kind of, uh, what is it, LeGrand, Le, Le, oh man, I'm, I'm butchering his name. Always wore pink and T-Mobile shirts and cooking hat, pink cooking hats and all, yeah, all kinds of stuff. It's John Laguerre. Yeah. It's actually now, they actually just had a, uh, they actually just had a transition. It's now Mike Seibert, who used to work at Microsoft and run uh, the Windows marketing organization. But yeah, John I mean, based in Seattle, actually, also, John always wears pink every time. Everything is a pink T-Mobile shirt. Every slide he has, has pink. In fact, it's funny, when I got on board, one of the first things we did in partnership with our director of marketing, Liz Hoshied, was to really rebrand our company. We love the Nerdio name. The Nerdio name, I think, is great. And it really, I think, defines in many ways who we are. We are you know, all about technology for people who want to be all about technology. 
but our, our outbound materials, our website, the way we talked about ourselves wasn't quite in consonance with that. So we actually mm -hmm. rebranded our company. We're, you know, if you look at our website, if you look at our materials, we're sort of very black and white from a color standpoint. We have a little blue and a little yellow in there also, but, but I like black and white. Black and white's very clear. It creates clarity. And, and I think people who come to us at Nerdio, they want to be clear. They want clarity about how to do things. They don't want a bunch of fluff. They don't want a bunch of, you know, marketing lines or things that they're just not interested in. They want to know how to do something now. And that's really what we're all about is helping them and empowering them. And it is a fun name. It just, it just sounds fun, Nerdio. Yeah, it's pretty fun. You know, it definitely <laughs> got, I can't tell you how many people have come over to me and asked me about that. So it's a good name. <laughs> so this challenge of the complicated nature of the cloud, or it could be any challenge when you're working with an MSP, the complicated nature of different things, you're solving through just a massive education effort. We are. We absolutely are. And, and in fact, I think it's maybe it's a good segue even to the third challenge, the final challenge, if you will, although there may be Let's, more, but the three that we talk <laughs> about that MSPs have moving to moving to a cloud practice in Azure is they view Azure as risky. And why do they view Azure as risky? They view it as risky because they're used to doing things a certain way. They're used to the on-premises world. They know how to make money in the on-premises world. How does it work? You go buy a server, you install that server, you manage it, you monitor it, you secure it, you put your managed services on top of it. And, and people have been doing this for many years and they know how to make money. Now we're saying, welcome to the consumption economy. Welcome to a world where you will charge your customers based on how much they consume. So the average MSP looks at that and they get very scared. They say, well, how do I, how do I know how much my customer is going to consume? What if they overconsume? Do I get stuck with the bill? And, and that's where I think the education that you mentioned really comes into play, because in truth, the reality is that you could make much more money in the cloud economy than you can on premises. It's not to say you can't make money on premises. People have been doing it for many years, but you could make a lot more. And if you're educated and if we could help educate uh, partners, I was just talking to one yesterday, in fact, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, they've got about uh, 80 customers in an on-premises data center, and they've been really struggling with thinking through how to move to the cloud. And the number one thing they brought up on the call was, you know, I, I know I need to do this, but I'm, I can't really get by with making less money. I was like, less money? You're going to make twice as much money moving to the cloud, and let me show you how. So if you go to GetNerdio.com in our Nerdio Academy, we've got the, the most popular piece of content that we have is a paper that describes how an MSP can make money selling Microsoft Azure. And that's part of the, you know, just part of the, the job that we have is that education job. So. So when they say it's too risky, are they referring not from a technical perspective, but more from a financial, a business perspective? Yeah, 100%. They, they believe from a financial perspective that they will get caught holding the bag when their customer consumes too much. When the mm -hmm. Azure meters, right? Because think about Azure. Azure is like a public utility, right? So when, when you operate Azure, you're basically renting from Microsoft two things. You're renting compute and you're renting the Windows Server operating system. So just like in your house, let's say you, 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 know, you leave for work in the morning. Again, people aren't doing that right now, but one day hopefully you'll leave for work. Imagine you leave all the lights on in your house, you leave your televisions on and your stove on. Well, you could do that. No one's gonna tell you you can't do that, but at the end of the month, your electric bill's probably gonna be higher than you think. Right. And it's the same thing with Azure. The more the meters spin, the greater your bill is going to be. So your your goal as an MSP is to 
service your customer with incredibly high quality while the meters spin as slowly as possible or not at all. So that's the trick. That's the that's probably the topic of a second podcast we should do together is teaching MSPs how to make money selling Azure. It's an incredible topic. It's it's super super interesting and for those MSPs that we've worked with, we're regularly regularly seeing them achieve margins in the cloud of of 60, 70, over 100 points of margin. Interesting. So that that consumption issue is a big risk for them, or they perceive it as a risk. Is that more of their issue than the the movement from that big, you know, upfront sale, a fixed sale versus a, a subscription sale? That what TSIA calls swallowing the fish and making that transition. I think so. I think to some extent, you know, it's it's not to say that there are not it's not to say that there are not some. Um, you know, MSPs who get nervous about monthly payments. But I think it's becoming in the cloud economy and in the SaaS world just more natural. You know, not even in the business world, but in the con- in the consumer world as well. Right? People don't have a problem paying their whatever it is, $14.99 a month for Netflix, right? They don't have uh, a problem paying for their Hulu or Amazon Prime subscriptions. Um, and that's becoming much more common in the business world as well. I think the I think the real risk that people perceive is that you know with Netflix you know it's going to be fourteen ninety nine a month and you just sort of forget about it. It goes on your credit card and you just watch your shows and your movies. What MSPs worry about is that one month it's going to be four hundred dollars, another month it's going to be two hundred dollars, another month it could be a thousand dollars. And in their minds they're like, well, how am I going to plan for that? I feel like I'm just going to be waiting for the bill at the end of the month and be nervous about it. And that's where we can help at Nerdio. We can help them essentially create a fixed cost model with a variable cost service. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. That would be an interesting topic to dive further into. Definitely should. Definitely should. And we all have time because we're sitting at home now. So let's quickly find some time to, to educate your listeners on that too. So this point about being too risky, again, you're addressing it primarily through education. Um, well, we are, you know, it, there's the education piece for sure. But then, of course, there's the technology piece. So I talked about earlier the investment we make in our product around auto scaling. So auto scaling right. is a concept that that really most MSPs would struggle to implement themselves. But when it's automated and it's built into the product and you could go in and with just three clicks, you could say, I want this server to turn off at 8 p.m. and turn on at 7 a.m. And that's it. And then the server doesn't run and you don't pay for any consumption. Wow, that's an incredibly powerful concept. Or as an MSP, I could say, you know, uh, Bob here, he works at this dental office and he only comes in at nine and he always leaves at five. So why don't we turn his desktop off, you know, outside of those hours? So so that concept, if if you show MSPs that, it makes them feel much better about the idea of the cost not getting out of control. So I think it's really a combination of education, certainly upfront, and then showing them in the technology how it works. Excellent. Makes sense. So, Joseph, what else do you have as part of your channel program or channel strategy that you're doing to help these MSPs with their business? Well, I'll point out one thing that we started this year that I think has been uh, really, really well received. We created a new group at Nerdio called Go Live Engineers. And we learned that you know, as simple as technology is and as great of a job we think we do at education, MSPs want to know that there is a person that can almost look over their shoulder and help them with the first few deployments. So we created this team and we actually 
built the team with former MSP owners and operators. So to be in that team, you have to have worked at an MSP. You have to understand Azure and you have to understand virtual desktops. And uh, when an MSP comes to us and says they want to take the step forward and move their practice to Azure, we assign them a go-live engineer who will sit with them and do the first deployment or even second deployment with them. And that creates a real sense of calm, both before the deployment and during the deployment. And it really also creates kind of a, an on-the-job learning opportunity for the engineers of that MSP because they're able to ask questions. They don't feel like they don't have a safety net below them. And, and I think it's actually one of the best investments we've made. And, and quite frankly, it's a team that we're looking to add more people to as our business continues to grow. Very interesting. Your business, I didn't ask you geographically where you're operating. So we're geographically operating, quite frankly, around the world right now. Uh, and I say that because, again, we're a SaaS company. We're, we're, you know, our address, if you want to send us a letter, is Skokie, Illinois, 60077. But we have distribution points in many, many, many countries through the, the cloud distribution relationships that we have. And we have MSPs who are working with us now from literally all over the world. We just actually stood someone up the other day in Senegal, which was pretty interesting. That was our first partner there. So I don't believe that in the cloud world, in the SaaS world, that there's really any limitation in terms of helping partners and their customers. And that's why I, I can you know, confidently say that uh, we are open for business wherever you are. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I don't know how much you want to share, but I'm just curious, you know, with the, the COVID-19 environment that we're in today, any adjustments that you're having to make or you're helping your MSPs make? You know, a lot of partners out there are pretty concerned with, the, with what's going on. We all are. We are. You know, and, and certainly that is the, the topic that, that I've been spending personally a lot of time on, our CEO has, and many other people, is really what can we do at Nerdio to help our partners succeed during this very, very, very difficult time, not just for the country, but, but for the world. And when things started ramping up in a, in a negative way, it was very important to me that the tone of Nerdio continued to be one of being helpful. The worst thing I think a, a vendor like us can do is try to take advantage of a situation like this, to have the wrong posture, the wrong tone. And it's been great to see so many vendors in the MSP ecosystem take a similar tone as well. Some haven't, and that, that's a shame, you know, but we certainly have. And I've been on so many calls over the past month with other vendors, with, with peer group organizers, with the sole topic of what can we do to help MSPs be successful. And we've offered our product uh, for free. We've helped partners who might be having some trouble, not have to worry about you know, working with Nerdio during this time. So we've done all of the things that, that hopefully one would, would expect from a high quality company like Nerdio. But I'll say that it's been very, very interesting to us as we've operated the business over the past month. You know, we typically operate pretty remotely as well. Again, we have an office, but, but most of our folks are remote. People have asked us, have you seen a slowdown since the COVID-19 you know, whole disaster started? And it's actually been the opposite. And all I could think, you know, if, if I look at the inbound queries that are coming to Nerdio, is I believe it's that, is that MSPs partners finally realize that the only way long-term to continue maintaining a high-quality operation and serving their customers in the best way possible is in the cloud. 
So I think we've had a lot more MSPs really approach us now, say, you know what, I, I realize this is something I need to do. We've also certainly had MSPs approach us saying, I need to get my customer into the cloud today. We had one yesterday. It was a 30-person a, uh, law firm. We had another one yesterday. It was a 15-person um, dental office of an MSP. And of course, you know, they're not going to work. They needed virtual Windows virtual desktop stood up immediately. So what did we do? We immediately assigned a go-live engineer. We got the MSP on the phone and we sat there and we walked step-by-step step, uh, through it with them. So I think that a lot of people have been talking about what is the world going to look like when we emerge or at least get to a little bit more of a steady state uh, where people are out working again, hopefully soon. Uh, and I don't believe that we will go back from a technology standpoint to the way it was from 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 the notion of there will be no remote desktops, there'll be no remote workers. I think now every MSP is going to think much harder about what their remote workplace offering is and how to move more customers into the cloud. And I'm not just talking about Nerdio, I'm thinking about sort of the entire technology stack that they offer. Yeah, I agree, Joseph. I think it's, we're gonna we're not gonna go back. I think it's gonna be well. Obviously, we'll we'll go back to our offices and that type of thing. But the the idea of working virtually is going to be so much more accepted and and it'll become more of a new reality. And everybody's going to be thinking virtual and digital. And companies are, that aren't there yet are going to have to move fast to to get there. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. It's very interesting times. So a little bit about your history. You mentioned living in India. Did you also spend some time in Brazil? I did. So like I said, I was at Microsoft for 23 years and about, I don't know, eight years into the journey, I had the opportunity to go lead our server business in Central and Eastern Europe. And the headquarters for Microsoft Central and Eastern Europe is in Munich, Germany. So I took my family and my kids were quite young at the time. We moved out to Munich and it was a fabulous experience. I mean, I was spending a lot of time out in the field. We, we managed 20 different countries, you know, Russia, Hungary, Czech Republic, the Baltics, the, you know, all, the, all the different countries. And I really got hooked on it. I really loved being close to customers and partners. And I felt that it was a great, not just professional challenge, but personal challenge to, to live in a foreign country and really acclimate and have to get things done in, in maybe uncomfortable ways sometimes. So I went from Munich. My next stop was Moscow. I was there actually for only about six months on that assignment. I spent some months in the Czech Republic. Then I actually repatriated back to the U.S. before moving to India for three and a half years and then Brazil for three years as well. So I'd say almost half my career I was working and living abroad. And I think that it really grew me professionally. There's no question about it. But even more than that, it grew me personally. I, I feel like I'm much more attuned to the challenges that people have outside of the U.S. and can sympathize a lot better with, with the way of work and the way of people. Uh, that I'm not used to. Yeah, that's a fantastic opportunity. It's interesting. In my channel career, I spent a lot of time in Munich with a distributor that we had there. I didn't live there, but I spent a lot of time there, as well as in Brazil, in Sao Paulo and Rio, and really enjoyed my travels there. It's great. You know, there's a lot to appreciate living in a country that's not yours. My learning, my, my personal learning that I tell people who are thinking of doing this is you have to live there like a local. You can't live like an American. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you shouldn't be connected back to the United States. Of course you are. Of course, you might make trips. You might have visitors, things like that. But, but the moment you embrace the local culture and the local way of doing things, you'll be much happier 
than if you try to sort of be an American and live in India, let's say. So, you know, when I was in India, I, I really got into it. I mean, I, they, have a, they have a holiday there called Holi, where kids and people run around throwing paint on each other. And man, the first time I saw it, I didn't know what was going on. I was walking down the street and these five kids ran out and threw a bunch of paint on me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened? I'm wearing this white shirt and nice pants, and now I got a bunch of paint on me, you know? But if you sort of go with it and you and you learn why they're doing it, gosh, your your life is just much more enriched that way. And it's the same thing with, you know, I don't know, living in Brazil and going to Carnival, let's say. You, you might not understand the language perfectly. You might not understand exactly what everyone's doing. But if you go with it, you're going to have a lot better time than not. Did you pick up some of the language when you lived there in, in Brazil, the Portuguese? I, I did. I spoke, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't test me right now. I definitely spoke okay Portuguese. I mean, if you asked my boss, she'd probably laugh and, and say I didn't. But I had to be in many customer situations where I, I certainly was not able to do a, a one-hour presentation on Azure in Portuguese, but I was at least able to sort of understand more of what they were saying and do the basic communication when I was going to the store, getting gas in the car and things like that. And, and again, I think it's all part of the experience. I think if you, you know, I think about the apartment building I lived in in Brazil, there, there wasn't one person who spoke English. So when the water stops working, you got to go down to the superintendent in his apartment. Man, if you don't speak any Portuguese, it's going to be hard to get your water fixed, right? So you, you have to embrace it. Did you ever have a dessert there called the crema de papaya? I did not. No, I had oh. many uh, brigaderos, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> My wife uh, wasn't very happy about that. There are these unbelievable chocolatey uh, little circles that, God, I mean, I, I could eat like 10 of them at a time. They're so good. <laughs> no, brigaderos. Brigaderos. And of course, there's the caipirinha. Oh, the caipirinha, of course. Yeah, that, that's, I can't take too many of those. But brigaderos, I could take a lot of. <laughs> Fantastic. What do you like to do outside the channel besides travel and, and learn other languages? Yeah. So, so traveling certainly is a big one for me. I have a, a, a big life goal where I'm trying to visit every country in the world. I'm up to 109 countries. I'm not close, but I'm certainly further along than I thought I would be at this stage of my life. I also have a very ambitious other goal where I'm trying to read every literary fiction book ever put on the New York Times notable book list from 1981 to present. How many are there? Yeah. So in typical sort of tech fashion, I've created a, a mega spreadsheet that I'd be happy to share with any listener who's interested. The official count is there's actually 803,482 pages on that list. There are 2,424 books. I am 40% of the way through of the books and 35.5% of the way through the pages. So wow, <laughs> that's a big goal. And of course, I, I have six kids. I love to spend a ton of time with my kids and hanging out with them and doing stuff with them now that they're getting older and have their own interests. Yeah, fantastic. That, that's a lofty goal for reading those books. Congratulations. That's cool. Thank you. All right. Well, we're near the end of time here. Was there any question that I didn't ask you, Joseph, that you, you wished I would have asked you about? Gosh, I don't think so. We covered a lot. I didn't think we'd get to the New York Times notable book list either. That was a good <laughs> one. So no, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. And let's let's definitely figure out a way to spend some more time together with your listeners on the whole topic of how to make more money in Azure. All right, cool. I think we'd all enjoy that. Great, Joseph. Thank you so much for joining us from your, your bunker there on Staten Island. And uh, look forward to chatting with you again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Cheers. Okay, guys, there you go. A great session with Joseph, a chief revenue officer who is a huge advocate and evangelist for the channel. 
I love his idea of the Nerdio Academy and how he gave his channel pitch 107 times in one year. Check out all the show notes and links for this episode on my website at www.channeljourneys.com backslash CJ51. And thank you again to the Channel Institute for sponsoring our show. Check out all of their channel certificate courses at channelinstitute.com. You can get an immediate 10% discount off of any of their courses just by entering the discount code JOURNEYS2020 at checkout. Enter JOURNEYS2020 at checkout when you go to channelinstitute.com. Well, that is it for today's show. I'll be back in three weeks instead of two this time with another great episode. I'm actually going to be taking a little break from work and a break from this coronavirus craziness to go on a sailing adventure. I'll tell you all about that when I get back. And when I return, we'll be speaking with a former channel podcaster who you're going to be hearing from again soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.